welcome to week six of Beyond the Boob, week six postpartum, that is. <laughs> yeah, I'm not having sex yet, in case you were wondering. <laughs> we did do a little light petting, and <laughs> that even felt questionable, but, you know, I finished, it just wasn't that great. Have you ever been there? <laughs> I, I have been there, where, where, where they're like, did you come? And you're like, I I guess I did. I did. But uh, that, that's all I can really say about it. It was less of a roller coaster and more like when your car goes over one of those tummy tickler bumps. Yeah. And and I was like, yeah, okay. I wouldn't say we're like back, you know. <laughs> I don't think we're back in the saddle by any means. I feel like I dipped my toe in and I was like, that's nice. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Well, I did want to actually talk more about the general concept of being back to normal than necessarily your particular experience right now. Because I think this is a conversation that, like, we kind of all know we need to have more, but we just don't have. So let's have it. Okay, let's have it. Yeah. So when you go to your six-week postpartum visit and your doctor or midwife or whomever says, okay, you can resume normal activities now, I hate that. I hate that whole concept of them being like, you're cleared for sex. Bye. And that's kind of it. Because it only skims the surface of what's going on at six weeks postpartum. And really not even that. It just like, it's a nod to the fact that possibly you could be back to a point we might state as functional. Mm -hmm. Well, and also, yeah, there's a difference between being cleared for sex and feeling like you've been ordered to do it to see if you're healed. Yeah, and sometimes the phrasing is like that. Yeah. And it really fails to acknowledge that structurally, like our tissues, (laughs) our bones, our muscles, they're not really back there for that. Like, I, you know, it's it's pretty hard to find statistics on this, but most of the research I've read suggests that we're maybe back to like 50% integrity by that point. Okay. When you say integrity, let me tell you what I'm feeling in my body. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like my hips are still loose. I feel like my tissues are still squishy, but not moist. <laughs> right. Not not elastic. Not elastic. But not, not toned either. It's more like a fluffy cloud. Yeah. You know? So it's like, oh, that's not tight. It's not a no. You know what I mean? It's not like a tight, hard no. Yeah. Where it's like painful, but it's Could just... be painful right now, though. With, without lube, for sure. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the most accurate statistic I could find on that says about 82% of people who resume sex at six weeks have pain. Ew. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of variation in that and, and sort of like user error that's possible, right? <laughs> Where we could have people, yeah, not using lubrication, not being appropriately aroused before, which is probably yeah. most people because like who has a sex drive at six weeks postpartum? You know, so so there's all of that. But is that because they're not getting proper like counseling at six weeks? You know, is it or are they doing all those things and still having pain because of their tissue state? Yeah, I don't know. I got to say, like, as far as desire goes, I feel like I was hornier week two than I am right now. <laughs> yeah. You know, where I'm still, like, riding that high from birth and my hormones are crazy. But by six weeks, you're like, I'm tired. You've been beaten down. <laughs> I'm a little tired. And now, like, I've looked in the mirror enough times now where the first two weeks I looked in the mirror and I was like, this body rocked it. Like, yeah. this bo- I'm so proud of this stretch-marked body. And now at six weeks... 
I'm kind of like, how long is it going to look like this? Should I start doing something about it? Like, I don't feel strong anymore. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wait, how permanent is this feeling? You know, there's right. no the, like, snapping the back. The afterglow of suddenly not being pregnant anymore is gone. Exactly. <laughs> and then you're left with like a whole future ahead of you of yeah. like, what is this body going to look like for the rest of time? And is Am, it this? Is, is it, it different? This? Am I fine with it? And then it's like, this is what the outside looks like. Imagine what the inside feels like with a penis in it. Like, I, I don't yeah. know. What if it, what, I'm scared to kind of find out that it's terrible. Absolutely. And it's understandable because why wouldn't that be scary when, if that is what you find out, right, you have sex and you're like, whew, that was bad. What's the next step? So we don't have a, no, nobody's really there to catch you. Yeah. It's one um, more thing to figure out as it a is. It's it's one more thing. You have to go back to somebody for a referral oh. to maybe get PT or maybe get counseling or you're like, I don't know, is it emotional? Is it physical? Where do I start with this? All of it, all of the above, frankly. Yeah. And I just I don't know. I really struggle even to have those conversations appropriately at our last postpartum visit. Because we have so much other stuff to cover, right? Yeah. I mean, it's people think that sex is like the lowest hanging fruit, you know, where it's like, it's easy, you know, like you want to be back to normal. Yeah. Well, you can't lose 50 pounds overnight, but you can resume sex. And you're like, that's not low not hanging fruit for everyone. <laughs> it's not. And it's such a difficult thing to approach as like a, a medical provider who primarily has not been counseling on that, right? We've been together for like almost a year at that point with your provider you saw at the beginning of pregnancy. Sex got you there, but you didn't really talk that much more about it. If it's even the same provider that you've been seeing over and over. And it's like, okay, now, now if we start talking about this, we're opening this whole can of worms that goes into mental and emotional health that you've possibly never breached with that provider before. Maybe they're not very good at that. Pelvic floor health, again, Maybe you've never discussed it with them. Maybe it's not really their specialty, despite the fact that they're a childbirth person. Like, we don't all have that kind of training. And relationship health, which is uh, typically not a OB provider specialty there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I mean, God forbid you had a maternal-fetal medicine situation where you were a little bit higher risk. That is the last thing yeah. on their minds. They're managing your blood pressure and, you know, whatever else crazy is going on. They're not thinking about, how can I make this person's sex life normalized and supported and whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, and I feel like the best that I can do at that visit for patients you know, knowing I'm like, okay, I have an hour. Sometimes I manage to get like an hour and a half in because I love spending extra time at the last visit is to really say, okay, technically, yes, you could do that now. You know, maybe you're done bleeding. I, I can tell you that your postpartum recovery is normal. However, I also want to make sure everybody understands they are not fully healed from childbirth. There's no particular timeline on which that happens nor is there a specific timeline in which they need to resume sex mm-hmm. or they should. And if they do, I try to talk about, like, how do we make that better? But, I mean, really, even in my practice where I'm making the time, that's maybe 20 minutes. Right. And also it's important to let people know that maybe sex isn't the intimacy that they need right mm-hmm. then because of all the caregiving that you're doing with a new baby and maybe you're overtouched and maybe, you know, there's just so many different changes. Everything feels different. Your sensations feel mm-hmm. a little bit different. It might be that what you need is like hand-holding, snuggling. You might just need hugs. 
Yeah. And that might be where you start. You know, yeah. it's not like going to pound town is going to fix anything unless that's what you want. If you wake up one day and you're like, you know what I want? <laughs> I want to go to pound town with you. I mean, that's clearly what you want. But if you have to like. Even still, it might not feel good. And, and it might not. And that so much. Yeah. Like I, with my second, felt like I could return to sex much faster. But even when I did, I was like, ah, I think it was like. 10 weeks postpartum or something, 12 weeks, you know, and I was like, mm, that wasn't great for me. <laughs> Didn't love that. It was all right. You know, we did it. I, it wasn't terrible, but it just Yay. wasn't good, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's good that you know that that's okay. And it's also yeah. good that your partner knows that that's okay because it's not your first kid. Mm-hmm. I think the expectations with your first kid are really confusing. Absolutely. You think it's confusing for you. Imagine what your partner thinks. Your partner's yeah. like, first of all, that whole last third of pregnancy, I didn't know what you wanted. Like mm-hmm. one day you wanted it. The next day you hated me. Everything smelled different. It was a lot wetter. There's like a baby head maybe in the way. You know, yep. there's a lot to figure out there. And then suddenly you're cut off from it for a little bit. And then, you know, it's just there's a lot of questions. So if you're not in a good place to communicate with your partner, that can be complicated. And it's not the time to have sex if you can't talk about it. Ooh, (laughs) say it again for the folks in the back. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I also want to mention too about like, you know, kind of talked about it a little bit before, but about um, tears and healing and all of that. Yeah. So typically four to six weeks, you know, if you had a tear that needed suturing, those sutures are pretty well dissolved. The tear is what we would say as, as healed, right? And maybe your provider is going to look at it then, maybe not. You know, often I just have a conversation where I'm like, hey, do you want me to look at that? Do you, how, how do you feel it is when you're, like, using the bathroom and you're walking around? However, it's healed with scar tissue and very new scar tissue at that. And that scar tissue is not elastic and it is more delicate. And, you know, your body prioritizes healing. It's like, okay, we need to clot the blood throw some epithelial cells in there and just get it closed so we don't get an infection, you know? And it does that in a couple weeks. And then over the next few months, we typically replace that, like, really rigid scar tissue with, like, some different kind of cells, right? Um, Some kind of more normal tissue. And, you know, you can see that if you have, like, a cut on your arm or your leg, right? You know, you'll have a scar for a while. It kind of fades. It's more mobile after some time. But it's a little bit easier to let that process slip your mind when it's in your vagina. Uh, Yeah, because you can't see it. Mm -hmm. And if you can see it, it's because you had a tear tear. Yeah. And that just means you give yourself more grace. And, you know, quick story. And I love my husband. And I was very nervous after having Heidi five years ago. To, to look because I definitely had a, a bad tear and I no longer have a perineum because it never mm-hmm. really closed right. And so I w- wouldn't look at it. And I asked my husband to look at it before we had sex. And I was like, can you just go down there and look at it? And he didn't know this at the time, but I was kind of gauging his reaction yeah. on whether or not I was ready to have sex or not because – that's me. I have like some body stuff going on um, as far as like how I can't enjoy sex if I don't feel good about my body. You feel desired too. I mean, that's... Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's multifaceted. But God love him. I like laid on the edge of the bed and I put my legs up like I was going to have a pap smear and he goes down on his knees. It gets really 
really close. <laughs> Which I was like, what? You really don't have to get yeah. Oh, okay. Here you are. And he takes his hands on either side of my outer vulva. Yeah. And he kind of like tries to close it as if he's trying to put it back together the yeah. way it was before. To sort of like jog his memory. Yeah. And he like has his tongue out like he's thinking really hard, you know, <laughs> like he's trying to solve a riddle. And he goes, okay, so that's just going to be how that is now. Oh, God. <laughs> that is not what you want to come out of his mouth. I know. And I was like, what? And he goes, no, no, it's fine. It's good. It's just, it's a little different, but it's <laughs> it's beautiful. It's fine. Oh. It's wonderful. And he's like, it's not a big deal. He's like, it just, you know, it's not closed. <laughs> I was like, shit. Yeah, so I I had an interesting experience where I, um, after I had Lyra, I didn't feel like I tore. And I told my midwife, I was like, just leave me alone. I'm fine. You know? And I really didn't. I didn't have any perineal tears, like n- nothing outside. And I didn't even realize I had torn until after that first time we had sex. Ooh. And something felt weird. Sulkal. Super weird. <laughs> and I realized then I, like, got a mirror out and went down and, like, you know, did my best to excavate there. And I found I had this weird – it was almost like a buttonhole tear Oh. on, like, the anterior wall. Oh. How did you even see that? It was hard. <laughs> I I did a lot of interesting like squatting. Well, over no this wonder mirror. that's like G spot zone. It was super weird, and and I felt it, you know, when we were having sex because I felt like like the head of Ivan's penis was like catching on it. Oh God! Yeah. And and I was like, what the fuck? Like I also like that might have been missed in an exam because it was in a weird spot. Yeah, and it's really hard to see that when your cervix is all like, oh, yeah. everywhere. It looks like giant calamari. <laughs> exactly. No, it really does. And it and those higher tears can get, like, occluded by that sometimes. Yeah. And at this point, I feel like it's healed really well, but it literally took, like, another year mm. after that for me to feel like that part of my vagina felt pretty normal again. Mm-hmm. Mm. Well, having been your friend through that and through, like, the next year, I can honestly say that year two for you seemed like a fun exploratory year Mm -hmm. sexually, where it's like, okay, yeah, we spent that year healing and rediscovering, but now we are in this new place where it's like, hey, this is an opportunity with a new body and, like, a new family, because every time you add a new person to your family, it's a brand new family. And it's been kind of fun to see how your relationship has evolved <laughs> yeah. from that to now. And it kind of gives me hope, too. Good. You know, like, we're in, a, we're in a great place right now, but it's not a sexual place. Right. You know? And <laughs> it shouldn't be right now. Really, like, <laughs> practically, the amount of people I see who at six weeks are like, we're having great sex again. I've, I actually don't know if I've ever heard somebody say that to me. Not Not ever. No. Uh, one time. One, <laughs> one time, time. I have a friend who's a nurse who was like, yeah, I went ahead and had sex at three weeks yeah. postpartum. She's like, I felt bad for him. And yeah, it was fine. It was good. So like, whatever. Yeah. I've had a couple of people do that before six weeks and they were like, eh, it was all right. Yeah. But she's also the yeah. person who has like a six pack mm-hmm. naturally without working out like two months mm-hmm. after giving birth. Right. Very so resilient I just, body. I don't understand it. But... <laughs> To contextualize that for people, I mean, that's basically basically everybody feels this way at six weeks, yeah. okay, where your body is simply not healed enough. Yeah. And it is okay to try. That's fine. 
but definitely don't expect it to be great. If it is, fantastic. I'm not sure I'd be like lighting candles and putting Keith sweat on. <laughs> you know, I'd be like, all right, let's just maybe yeah. in the morning explore some new things and yeah. check it out. And really to make sure you can have that conversation with your partner first saying, hey, this is just a try. Yeah. We might not complete this act. You might not enjoy it or you might want to get through it and just be like, hey, it's not great, but let's just finish. And and talking through all of those possibilities first is then going to make it so that at the end, if you didn't like it or you didn't finish, you know, there's no, like, disappointment. It was already the expectation. Mm-hmm. And then you guys can be like, all right, let's do something else. <laughs> You're like, what would you like? Total stopping or a dry hand job? Because <laughs> right. that's where we're at right now. And, like, you know what? Let's just order some pizza and have some ice cream and call it a <laughs> night. Whatever. Yeah. We did it. Yeah. And that's the only thing we could check off on the list, and that is okay. Yeah. It's okay. And it's okay to also just wait and wait and wait and wait. And if you feel, like, mentally the waiting is getting in the way and it's been so long. Like I've had patients like this where they've waited Mm -hmm. so long that now it's like a mental, emotional anxiety thing. That's when you seek help. Yeah. You know, that's when you go talk to somebody about it because you might have some lingering birth trauma or something that came up as a result of the birth. Or some relationship tension where you feel like if you, I mean, I've, I've been there in my relationship where I'm like, okay, I don't know if this is real, Mm-hmm. But I'm afraid I'm going to be a disappointment mm-hmm. in many complex ways. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we need to talk about that before we think about doing anything. Right. Especially if you're done having kids and if having sex for you mm-hmm. was the purpose of it was to get That's pregnant. Yeah. And now the purpose of having sex has changed. Yeah. Like there's a lot to explore there. But really quick before we leave, mm-hmm. let me just tell you, Marty is sleeping in our room in a bassinet. (laughs) And this is the first time I've really had a baby in my room. The first two I kind of already pushed out by now. Right. Say what you will. I'm a new person. But the minute we started, like, kind of hooking up a little bit, that baby just started making noise. Mm -hmm. She wasn't awake. She was just making noise. Like, you know, baby stuff where you're like, what are you doing? And every time I would get close to an orgasm, she would be like, and it would immediately go away. Time time to move it to the living room. My brain, well, we can't because we got these other kids. Oh, they're not asleep yet. Well, no, this was in the morning. We don't have sex at night. We're too tired (laughs) at the end of the day. We are morning only people. And so, yeah, Later on in the day, I said to my husband, like, sorry that took so long. He goes, oh, no, I know exactly what's going on. Every, t- every time she made a noise, it would your brain would switch over into breastfeeding mode. And he goes, that must be really frustrating. And Aww. I was like, here's the difference between second baby mm-hmm. and first baby with a partner. Because yeah. when, we, when you talk about it, they do learn. They might mm-hmm. be slow learners, but it's getting in there somehow. Yeah. So hang in there, everybody. You're not yeah. alone. <laughs> and and really, like, don't be afraid to have these conversations. We encourage you to. It's your homework. <laughs> and we will see you next week for week seven postpartum on Beyond the Boop. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.